0: Sports professor Rick Haro. $1.3 trillion business of sports. Proudly Super Bowl 54, my hometown, South Florida, Miami, Florida. We'll have Curtis Martin, the Hall of Fame electee in 2012, Pats, Jets, the Curtis Martin Job Foundation on for us talking about Super Bowl and philanthropy. But we'll also have this week and next week tying the Super Bowl together with major events. So let's talk right now deal making three to one. Number three, HSBC Bank USA collaborates with me to create unique experiences for customers and prospects geared toward financial literacy. The theme is the release of the Sport Business Handbook, Insights from 100 Leaders Who Shaped 50 Years of the Industry, released on Monday at the University of Miami Practice Facility, University of Miami Medical Center, uh, in terms of the top 50 moments in the sports business but also leaders of the game. Also focusing on the HSBC Financial Wellness Center in early 19, powered by EverFi, leading education technology company, the online platform provides a series of engaging modules based on financial literacy. So the celebration of Super Bowl 54 and looking ahead to the top moments in sports over the last 50 years, plus financial literacy inclusive of corporate partners as well as clients and non-clients of that bank, a big deal, we'll also cover it next week as well. But right now, that's number three. Number two. The NBA and Players Association announced that LeBron James and the Lakers secured the top spots for the NBA's most popular jersey and team merchandise list for the second consecutive year. Number one, obviously LeBron James. Number two, the Greek freak with Milwaukee. Number three, the Warriors' Stephen Curry. Four, Jason Tatum of the Celtics. Five, James Harden of the Rockets. Zion Williamson, number 15, but he hadn't really played. But on a day in which people around the world honored Kobe Bryant, whose eight and 24 jerseys were both retired by the Lakers, seems only fitting the team and James, who passed Bryant's all-time points total on Saturday, hold the top spots. And that's number two. Well, number one is, as you might expect, all about Kobe Bryant, remembering Kobe Bryant and his memory. USA basketball chair and sport business handbook contributor Jerry Colangelo during an ESPN interview described himself as shaken to the core upon hearing the news that Bryant died in a helicopter crash on Sunday, credited Bryant with leading Team USA to their gold medal Olympic performance in Beijing. And gold medal perhaps best summarizes the span of Bryant's all too short career. After his two-decade NBA run, he dove into business with the same passion he'd exhibited on the court. He started a business incubator and venture fund so others could get their businesses off the ground. He wrote inspirational books for children and adults. He made a highly regarded documentary, Kobe Bryant's Muse, with filmmaker Gotham Chopra. And in 2018, he wrote and produced an animated short, Dear Basketball, that won an Academy Award. You may remember that we had Gotham Chopra on our podcast a year ago talking about that film. And, obviously, it was as surely as Bryant will be honored at the Super Bowl, the Oscars, the NBA All-Star Game, and throughout many days, nights, and years to come, and for any number of reasons, that's number one. Well, as we celebrate Super Bowl 54 and the outrageous numbers that happened, by the way, we ought to know that 1.4 billion is a big number. How about that? The number of chicken wings that will be eaten during the Super Bowl weekend with at least 11.2 million pounds of chips, 8 million pounds of guacamole and 10 million pounds of ribs. You don't get that everywhere. $5.6 million, as we know, the average cost of a 30-second commercial, A uh, 100% increase since 2008, and 40000 back in the leather helmet days when I was at Super Bowl two in Miami in 1968, Super Bowl III 1969. But one of the prolific charitable athletes, and certainly on and off the field, who we ought to celebrate at Super Bowl 54, Curtis Martin. Hall of Famer, elected in 2012, drafted in the third round by the Pats, played there in 95 through 97, the Jets 98 through the end of his career, 14,101 yards, 100 touchdowns, But more important than that, really, he started the Curtis Martin Job Foundation, was one of the committee members that Steve Ross looked to to solve some disputes in their locker room that led to his organization called Rise, and more to the point from my involvement and perspective. Good friend of Dan Taurus, Group 1001, who put together a series of fields with the Cal Ripken Foundation, including one that's being done in Pittsburgh, Curtis Martin's hometown. A lot to hear from and about Curtis Martin. Ricardo, absolutely honored to be joined by Hall of Fame football player and Hall of Fame philanthropist Curtis Martin at City Hall announcing the new field. That he's aligned with Dan Towers Group One Thousand One and the Ripkin Foundation to do in his hometown, Curtis. Thank you very right. much for being here. Really, really appreciate you it. For having me. Well, we took a tour of your home area of Homewood, and we are amazed at the changes that this field will help develop. But also, describe what it was like growing up in that neighborhood and uh, and uh, you know being Curtis Martin growing up in Homewood.
1: Well, um, look, I, I don't think my experience was any different than anyone else growing up there. Uh, I, I think we've all had to deal with a certain amount of violence that uh, is somewhat known uh, in that area. Uh, just to give a little background, uh, my grandmother, who was like my mother, who lived in that area, we found her murdered uh, with a knife in her chest and eyes wide open and a broken neck and everything. When you were old? Nine years old. Uh, since then, I've probably had Uh, 35 to 40 friends or family members that have not just died, but have been murdered. Um, Last year, I was there, and I was visiting this house uh, of a family that I used to stay at a lot when I was younger. And I decided that since I had my three- and five-year-old girls with me and my wife, that I would take them by the field to show them where Daddy used to play football when he was younger uh, we rode up there. I ended up getting out of the car, shaking some hands, uh, signed a couple of autographs, had a good conversation with a few people, stayed for maybe 10, 15 minutes. When I left, I got a text that said a little girl had just got shot in the head and shot in the foot. And the one thing that struck me was that it's been like this since I was a kid, and which is almost four decades ago. And I just wanted to start the process of bringing some type of safety to that environment so that kids could go out there and play a game of football and not have to worry about returning home safe.
0: Well, and your mom had a lot to do with where you are today, clearly. Yes. She encouraged you to play football, even though you may not have been that excited about playing football early on. Tell that story.
1: Really, I, I
0: didn't want to play football. <laughs> um, the head coach, who was also the
1: gym teacher at the school I went to, Taylor my had asked me to play every year. And I told him, no, I just don't, I don't feel like rolling around in the dirt, whatever, man. You know, that was my uh, comment about football. Uh, well, at the same time, my childhood best friend, someone mistaken identity, jumped out of a car with a shotgun and shot him in his chest. And he ran about 50 yards and collapsed and died. My mother came to me and said, listen, I'm just grateful that you're alive. You know, my mother's been killed, my sister's been killed, my brother uh, is in jail. If something happens to you, they might as well kill me also. That was her remarks, and she said, I want you to do anything after school, just so that you're not in the neighborhood, hanging out in the neighborhood. Football was just the thing that came most natural, so I reluctantly did Go to Pitt,
0: injured a lot, yes. still one of nine running backs drafted eight before you, as I think I understand. Nine before me. Nine yeah. before you. Oh, yes. sorry. Or ten. And so you made the decision to leave, obviously, before that college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bill Parcells said some interesting things to you as well, so tell that story.
1: Well, from what I understand,
0: the story goes that
1: I was injured so much during my college, collegiate career that it was highly unlikely that I would ever even play in the NFL. If I did make it to the NFL, the chances of me surviving there were slim to none. Um, Well, I think a large part of that was because I didn't take football serious. So it wasn't until my junior year, I believe, that I started really lifting weights. I mean, I was a knucklehead in college. I'll be very honest. And so um, once I got drafted, I remember telling my family members and everyone who was there um, that I didn't want to play football. And one guy said to me, he said, well, Curtis, maybe football is just a vehicle that's going to help you to do all the good that you want to do in your community and, you know, in the country and around the world, possibly. So maybe football is just that vehicle. And it was from that moment on that football took on a different purpose. And it gave me that motivation to
0: work hard, to lift weights, to do everything that I needed to do
1: to be successful the
0: field. You. you also realize that your uh, admonition against rolling around with other guys in the dirt is only relevant if they could catch you. Yeah, yeah, you know. One of one of the things that I realized is that I always had an ability to uh, escape with my
1: feet. You know, yeah. now in the hood, I was escaping from different things, which made football seem kind of easy for me. And and uh, you know, again, if you would take the purpose that football served for me, I think I would have walked away from the game that very moment. So because it going? didn't the, the the fame and the fortune and all that, it, it didn't mean
0: enough for me for me to put
1: my all into the game.
0: But as a platform, it meant a lot to put your all in. Yes. So now you take your platform to New England, and you do what you need to do, which is STAR. But you're known as someone with the Patriots who would do anything to empower kids and to do the right thing. story is that you would show up at kids' birthday parties, on and on. Why was that so important to you? You had to um, excel as a professional, but you also had to give back. Was there a balance? Um, yes, I definitely think there's
1: a balance because you can't do everything that someone requests for you to do. But for me, I try to treat every fan, every person that I interact with as though they're the only person that matters for that moment. And a little boy came up to me after one of the practices of my rookie year. He said, hey, Curtis Martin, can you sign this? And I signed it. He said, by the way, I have an invitation to my birthday party that's next week or so. And I'd love for you to come and I want to invite you. And he gives me the invitation. And I looked at him and I said, "Well, you know what, buddy? If I can make it, I'll be there." And uh, the week came around, and I was just like, "You know what? I'm actually free." And I gave that little guy my word, so let me
0: go. And I went, and it was just a big blast for them. You've actually, over the last hour or two, actually really even been nice to me, which I find hard to believe. <laughs> and it may be an incredible out <laughs> of judgment.
1: But that's that's your call. Well, well, you you know. Uh, I'm just trying to
0: take it easy, when you're correct, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, but it's early in our relationship, I can guarantee you that. So here's the question, 14,101 rushing yards, 33,29 receiving yards, five Pro Bowls, and obviously the Hall of Fame in 2012, but the Bart Starr Man of the Year and the Ed Block Courage Award in 2001, those latter awards probably mean uh, as much, if not more, to you than the numbers. Yes, yes. Um, I'll I'll tell you this. What they all
1: mean to me, including the Hall of Fame, including going to the Super Bowl, all of those things, what they all mean to me is that doing what I really enjoy enjoy doing, what really makes my heart sing, is impacting people's lives in a positive way. So for me, every yard that I gained, every touchdown I scored, that just opened up another door for me to reach another person. And so for me, all of that stuff is, I won't say proof because I already know it, but... It shows how adamant I was about using football as a vehicle to serve what I believe is a bigger purpose. So let's talk about those platforms. Curtis Martin Jobs Foundation. Talk about it. The joe Foundation. Um, it was formed because I grew up with a single parent mother who struggled to just keep clothes on my back and food on the table. Uh, you know, I tell a story about when I was seven years old. You know, I had six and seven years old. I had to stay in the house by myself till nine or ten o'clock at night because we couldn't afford a babysitter, and so. What I started doing was I would come home from school and on my way home, I would carry groceries or I would knock on someone's door and ask that I shovel their snow or rake their leaves. And by the time I got home, I had, you know, three or four dollars and I would use that to pay my babysitter. And um, so I wanted to start something that could help single parent mothers. And that was how the Joe Foundation started. Joe Foundation, really important, continuing and ongoing, surgical. Talk about that. Surgicor is another group that was supported by Joe Foundation. And what they do is they go to third world countries and they do surgeries for free. I mean, they'll stay there for two days and do, you know, 60 some surgeries and maybe even more. But some of the photos and some of the lives that are being changed through Surgicor is just amazing. I actually even, you know, I had partnered with Mayor Bloomberg in 2006 uh, for homelessness in New York City. Um. Uh, So we we do a a variety of things. I've funded my foundation by myself. Every check that I've ever received from the time I was a rookie, I put 12 to 15 percent into this foundation. Now I do 20 to 25 percent. My goal is to live off of half of
0: what I make and give the other half to charity. So the other piece that we're here for today is the announcement of the field in your growing up community with Dan Towers, the CEO of Group 1001, and the Cal Ripken Senior Foundation. Tell us a little bit about that and how you feel about that. Well, it was interesting, and
1: and I'm very grateful to these guys because, you know, um, there were times when I wanted to do things before I got into the NFL where, you know, these, these are desires, just like, wow, I wish I could change this, or I wish I could help in this situation. Well, now, like I said, through using football as a platform, I was able to get on the phone with Dan and say, Dan, listen, I I was just here. This little girl got shot. I have to do something about it. You know, um, can we work on this together? Dan said, sure, Curtis, let me make some calls. And we all got together, and here we are right now um, in the process of getting ready to build a new field there. And, look, it's not the answer to everything, but for me, I just wanted to start doing something. I don't like to keep talking about things and not doing anything. So this is just a start.
0: Uh, Charles Barkley and others say they're not role models. We know that's not necessarily the case, but your foundation is a little bit different because a lot of guys will take money, pay a foundation administrator, take a piece, then find out what worthy causes might look good. Now you're in the opposite direction. Yeah. Well, for me, it's really important to keep my nose to the ground so I can understand what's going on. And I want to be a
1: part of that change. I, I want to put a, my money where my mouth is. I, I want to be interacting. I want to interact with the people. Um, um, I don't want to just blindly give money to people who I don't know if it's going to the places that it needs to, needs to go to. So this way, um, I know that things are getting done and um, going in the right places. You're 45 right now. What are you doing with the final two-thirds of your life? Uh, more of what I've been doing Uh, you know I'm doing really well I'm one of the fortunate ones who was able to retire and have a great post business career and so as I said now my goal in life is to I'll spend the rest of my life trying to serve people and help people uh, in any way that I can and I, I think being able to use my influence, my resources my relationships as well as the finances that I've been able to you know gain over a number of years um, these are all the different components you need to help impact lives
0: and i'll do that for the rest of my life and you're watching football on a regular basis i'm sure you have access to all the nfl guys owners and others uh give me your top line perspective is football is the nfl moving in the right direction if you had a magic wand would you change would you kind of be happy with where we are or uh would you inspire some changes in certain areas Well, the one area, um, I think the NFL has done great as a business. Uh, The one area that I
1: would like to see some improvement on is the uh, relationships between the union and the league, the players and the owners, however you phrase it, but that relationship. Because in the future, I believe that there needs to be a partnership. And without a partnership... You know, it concerns me about the direction of the game because I think we all need to work together to utilize this stage that we all have to do a whole lot of good. And I don't want us to diminish all that we can do, do through the game of football. I think football has been good to all of us who have played the game, and I think we've been good to the game. Uh, but I think there needs to be a collective
0: effort going forward to really make a difference in the world. And football is the stage that can do that. And then finally, related to that, you said a few times that football has, in large part, saved your life. What is it about the power of sports that would and will inspire people to do great by doing good? Yeah. Uh, well, again, I think the power of sports is that people love sports. And the NFL
1: is the most watched sport in the world other than worldwide soccer, you know? Um, and so... You know, I've spoken to a lot of the guys. I mean, I've spoken to Roger Goodell, and I know that he really wants to do a lot in communities. I know that they really want to use football as a vehicle also. Um, And I really just want to see this continue to grow. And and the reason why I think the partnership is important is because I think that's the only way that it will grow that it can have on an individual hopefully that
0: impact can be expressed uh, in the community and in the country. Curtis Martin, as good as it gets, be back right after this. Curtis Martin certainly has a lot to say about Super Bowl, about business, about philanthropy and about life. Let's look at the sports tech minute. 20 years ago, the dot-coms invaded the Super Bowl. Hashtag sports digests a fast company story that reminds us that now ubiquitous presence of digital companies in Super Bowl ads is, by the way, a fairly recent phenomenon. Of all the dot-com commercials in the 2000 Super Bowl, E-Trade's was the best, they say. Others were funny, but E-Trade's dancing monkey was a living embodiment of what we're seeing at the very moment right in front of our eyes. Hashtag reminisces. Brands were taking millions of dollars, putting it in a pile, dousing it with gasoline, and paying for the opportunity to toss a match on it in front of 100 million people. It was a year when brands at the Super Bowl all of a sudden had a distinctly 21st century suffix attached to their name, autotrader.com, pets.com, monster.com, ourbeginning.com, and the like.com. It was a new century and 17 dot-com brands were featured in that Super Bowl compared to two in 99, which is almost as many web-based brands in one game that have bought Super Bowl ads in this last decade. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. That's your Sports Tech Minute. Finally, let's end with a philanthropic power of sports minute. Let's re-remember Kobe Bryant. From the philanthropic perspective, he was also known for his contributions to the community off the court. His goals extended way beyond the hardwood, committed to promoting basketball and other sports to young people, girls in particular. Through his Kobe and Vanessa Bryant Foundation, the charity the NBA founded, uh, star founded with his wife in 2006, Bryant was the official ambassador for a children's charity called After School All Stars the organization provides after-school programs, to 72,000 inner-city kids in need. Brian also founded the Mamba Sports Academy in Thousand Oaks and single-handedly sponsored the Mamba Cup basketball tournament there, the event to which he and daughter Gianna were headed to when their helicopter tragically had crashed on Sunday. And he and Vanessa were founding donors to the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington, giving at least a million bucks in financial support. Bryant's legacy as a great athlete and champion will long be remembered, as well as his dedication and commitment to using sport as a means for young people to realize their dreams. He will absolutely be missed. And that's our Power of Sport Minute. That's our first week of coverage from Super Bowl 54. Next week, after our Sport Business 50 Lessons and Leadership from Legends of the Game in Miami that I'm hosting and moderating, we'll have a lot more information about the impact of Super Bowl 54 and where the sport business goes from here, so don't miss it. In the meantime, thanks very much for Curtis Martin for joining us, and thanks to you all, and join us next week when we continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Swadek, Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital. I'm Ricaro. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.